Welcome to the Feedback Force podcast, the game design analysis podcast of the End Defender community. Welcome back. Hello, I'm Kelso. And I'm Kyla. And I'm Carl. And we are on time this time. I'm saying this as a question because I'm not actually sure. I believe we are. I think we are on time. We are. Nice. So we did it. High five, gang. But listen, but listen. Nothing else matters because Kingdom Hearts 4 was announced this morning. Kingdom Hearts. Yes. <laughs> I yeah. am I am beside myself. I am like I made some very incoherent noises. I I mean I just I can't believe that we're getting um an announcement of 4 so soon on the tail of 3. What? I mean it's not that yeah, soon, but, they, but it's Well, we, the thing is like we soon. knew we knew that uh like, you know, there was a 20th anniversary, they were going to announce some stuff, and we're mm-hmm. like, all right, well, you know, we'll probably get, like, some update on the mobile game stuff. Yeah, we're going to get six more mobile games. You know, like, maybe, probably they'll they'll talk about some exclusive merch, mm-hmm. and if we're lucky, they'll, like, maybe announce another, like, interim mid-quote game. Um, I, was, I was expecting, like, we're going to get Venom Rex for real. Venom Rex, um, yes. Venom Rex, yeah. And yeah. I mean, we sort of are. The yeah. four apparently takes place in the Verum Rex world, so mm-hmm. or at least the parts of it that are in the trailer uh, take place in the, the Verum Rex world. And Streletzia was there, which, like, I'm sure people are going bananas over. Um, and like the he's updated to Sora's updated to a more realistic art style for like the Final Fantasy type yeah. thing, and it's like weird but cool there was a really awesome like big dark side monster big monster yeah the big monster Uh, was very cool um that we got we even got a little bit of gameplay which is i think the most unexpected part i'm like what they're i mean i guess they're just like building in the engine that they developed for three which like great if that means the game comes out sooner and like they don't have to work everybody to the bone to like get it out at a decent time like fantastic yeah, the like the the weird keyblade grapple stuff really looking like fifteen, and in a bit. Uh, oh man, I am so excited! <laughs> yes, I, yeah. Ev mentioned it to me this morning because I didn't even know that the twentieth anniversary thing was happening, and he's like, "Yeah, I woke up to good news." I said, "Oh yeah." He's like, "Kingdom Hearts 4. <laughs> it's like, "Oh no, Kyla's beside herself." <laughs> yup. Yeah. and the the way i found out too was uh like i went onto my youtube to like check like you know what was in my subscription box and just some random youtuber i followed had posted like kingdom for uh release trailer reaction video and i'm like excuse me what in the what Uh now (laughs) yeah absolutely big news in the world today. And I mean, like, also we're going to see the end of Dark Road, which should be interesting. And there's another mobile game called Missing Link, which I will not be able to play because I have, like, a fucking terrible, like, five-plus-year-old phone that can could barely handle Union Cross, let alone a 3D mobile game. Yeah, that one, um, that one looked a little rough, but it looked like a mobile game, definitely. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure it's going to be, like, a gotcha-type thing. I might just watch somebody else play it. Like, I gave up on Union Cross because it was just running, like, such dog shit on my phone. 
Um, and it just doesn't look very fun. Union Cross. Yeah, and Union Cross was, like, the grindiest. Like, I played it for, like, quite some time before I was like, this is, this is tortuous. Um, and then I just watched, a like, a Let's Play of, of someone else playing it on YouTube. And that was yeah. fine and great and had good commentary. And they cut out all the boring parts. Um, all the, like, super grindy stuff. So I might do the same for these two mobile games. I feel like if they end up being, like, really big and important and meaningful to the franchise and popular, then they'll get a remake at some point. Like, a yeah. big console remaster, and I'll play it then. Right? Like, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> otherwise, I can just watch someone else play those. Um, I am no longer I am no longer so obsessed with the series that I must myself play every tangential, uh, like no matter the platform, um, little piece of it. But did you ever end up playing um, Melody of Memory? Is that the? I did. Yeah, okay. I liked that one actually. It's pretty chill. It's got like a total of like 30 minutes of new Kingdom Hearts content, all concentrated in one large cutscene at the end. Yeah. Um, <laughs> okay. But like, Sounds about right. If you like the... Uh, so, like, if you're just interested in what is the new stuff that this game brings to the franchise, you can literally just, like, watch a video of the last cutscene and you're fine. But if you like the music of Kingdom Hearts and you like rhythm games, it's a very well-executed rhythm game and you get to play all the music from Kingdom Hearts, which is fucking rad. The music is so good in that ga in those games. Yeah. So. I'm trying to... Oh, yeah, now I remember what it looks like. I was like, what does is, what is this rhythm game even look like? But now I sort of remember yeah, how it... Yeah, kind of a, like running down a path over graphics from the games and the yeah. music plays and you hit buttons in time. Um... And it's it's cute. It's fun. It's fine. It's like it's not it's not, you know, like amazing the best rhythm game I've ever played, but it's it's perfectly competent and I enjoyed yeah. my time with it. So Absolutely. The problem is that by the time like the there's no we don't have a release date for KH4 and we don't have a platform announcement for KH4. So like assumptions are probably PS5 like, it could potentially be a, a PS5 PC simul release, depending on, like, you know, pressure from various corners. Yeah, um, they ever released something, like, on PC? Oh, yeah, they released, like, a whole big... Uh, um, oh, yeah, they did the bundle. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, which I didn't get, because to me... So, like, to me... Kingdom Hearts is one of, like, the quintessential, uh, like, console games. Like, playing mm -hmm. playing a Kingdom Hearts game on PC would feel as weird to me as, like, playing a Pokemon game on PC. That's, like, yeah, that, that's exactly how I am with the Yakuza games. And yeah. I'm so glad that they've gotten released on PC because, like, look, everybody should fucking play Yakuza game if, if you've got... Mm -hmm. Uh, all of the time in the world <laughs> to yeah. invest in in um just zany shit that, games. <laughs> that gets that gets worse and worse as the series drags on though seven is actually seven is better than five and six were for sure um but you know I, i'm glad that that's a thing but i have no interest in playing any of them on on the pc yeah so it's like 
even if even if it does come out for PC, it's like, am I gonna have to fucking invest in a PS5? I guess I am, unless fucking PS6 is out by the time Cage Four comes out. Uh, again, I mean, not get a release date, so it could be like five years from now, for all we know. Yeah, you never know. Um, yeah, you never know. Um, yeah, hopefully by the time it comes out, if it comes out on PS5, um, you can buy them. Yeah, hopefully they will exist for purchase by then. If you, uh, if, look, if it comes out on the PS5 and you are struggling to find where to buy one, I have some pro tips okay. for, I, I can tell you how we got ours. Yeah, um, no, and I have, I have a few friends who, like, you know, ended up, like, are in various, like, lotteries to buy rare electronic stuff, and, like, sometimes they're like, hey, this is up for sale, like, anybody want me to grab it? So, yeah, um... You know, I, I I would, if I knew, if I know, once I know for sure, like, when I need it by and what platform I need, I will probably invest in it. But that will likely not be necessary for a little while, so. Yeah, uh, yeah, we've, I feel like we've got um a bit of a wait <laughs> in yeah, front I'm of thinking, us for this. I'm thinking, like, 2024 <laughs> at the earliest um would be my guess. I mean, I, they do already have gameplay in the trailer, which is, like astonishing to me but i yeah. would, i would guess like you know if they're announcing it with just a trailer that small with like only footage from basically one world um probably that you know it's still going to be another couple years yeah i yeah definitely and uh, like i'm even thinking about you know uh given given the way that some of square enix development uh cycles work like you know, we could end up getting a completely different game than what they showed us today. Yep. Uh, in many, many years. Yep. You just never know. But what I saw made me excited. And, you know, uh, I was not expecting 4 to be the next game announced. I was expecting us to have, like, three other side games between 3 and 4. But I will take it. <laughs> like, that's fine. Yeah, absolutely. I, yeah, can't complain. I, I mean... I say that, but I still I have a lot of catching up to do. Um, I I blew through several games like three years ago, and then I I think I burned myself out finally um, a little ways into Birth by Sleep. So that's where I have to pick up again. I will let me say a, a collection of words that's going to sound really dumb to people who are not drinking the Kool Aid. Um, but it looks like the Missing Link mobile game is going to be about what happened to Brain after he got teleported into the future, which I'm super excited to find out. <laughs> yeah, even we'll I don't never, know never ever means. understand Kingdom Hearts fans. <laughs> <laughs> so the, the big mobile game, Union Cross, um, ends with a lot of, with like a handful of characters getting flung through time into like various different times. Um, and one of them was, is flung into, like, uh, I don't know, this, this sort of, probably, like, future for, uh, Union Cross, but probably still the past, as far as, like, the, the mainline Kingdom Hearts games are concerned. Um, and, you know, it's just, like, it just shows him, like, waking up in this world at the end of the game. And people are like, oh, yeah, no, you know, your friend who, like, you left behind, like, he became a big hero. And, like, that's it. <laughs> and I'm like, well, what, what, happens, what happens to him? So. Mm. 
Yeah, there's a I, I and his name is Brain, which is and his name a is terrible, Brain. Yeah, I was terrible name for a character, but I was gonna I was gonna let that part be glossed over, but I I am glad that you said that. Um, I still can't believe that they went so hard on uh time travel. <laughs> yeah, Just, I, mm. I mean it's like the least stupid thing they have done. <laughs> That's certainly a take. Um, I don't know. Arguably, like. Some some of their time travel stuff, the time travel itself is not the stupidest thing they've done, but some of the shit they've done with time travel is probably the stupidest shit they've done. And honestly, like, Union Cross, the end of Union Cross is just a fucking mess. Like, it's very cool, and it has a lot of, like, neat reveals and, like, weird unexpected twists. But, like, in the in the greater context of, like, what's going on in the overarching narrative, <clears throat> it's like... I, I don't know. There's, like, a character who's supposed to be, like, the big mastermind, and he has, like, eight different plans, and none of them make any fucking sense. Oh. <laughs> it's very Kingdom Hearts, but, like, the, the extreme edge of, like, what everybody says Kingdom Hearts is. Because, you know, I'm I'm one of those stalwarts who maintains that, like, if you've played the games in order, like, it's not that hard to follow. Like, each game has its own pretty self-contained story, um, like, the ways in which they fit together are pretty obvious, and, like, there's not a lot of, like, oh, why did X happen? Like, I don't get it, until you get into, like, the really detailed minutiae. But, like, not fucking so for Union Cross. Union Cross <laughs> is just batshit. That's fair. I think, I mean, I think the best, the best thing about Kingdom Hearts will always just be, like, the throwaway potent quotables. <laughs> Of Mickey Mouse saying, oh, did someone say the door to darkness? Yep. Uh, like, uh, They'll pay for this. <laughs> you know, like, yeah. 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 Goofy dying, etc., etc. Goofy there's, dying, yeah. There's a really cute section at the end of the trailer where it seems like um, yeah. Donald and Goofy might be going to see Hades. And I'm like, I'm, I'm like, hyped for this. Like, I'm not even normally hyped, that hyped for the Disney sections. And I'm, like, super hyped for this. I will say, um, hearing Donald talk in Japanese always makes me a little afraid that I've, like, had a brain aneurysm and not realized it. Um, it's really something to listen to. Yeah. Yeah, no, fair. And Goofy's <laughs> voice in Japanese sounds really weird to me. Um. Yeah. But it's fine. It's fine. I'm... <sighs> I'm just gonna be thinking about this for a while. <laughs> Yeah, I'm gonna have that. fun. I'm gonna have fun watching everybody else's reaction videos on YouTube as they trickle in. Yeah, I'm waiting for the like super detailed frame by frame analysis of the trailer. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> yeah, I mean, I hope like I'm not, I'm gonna try to not like. I think there was a lot of hype for Kingdom Hearts 3 that kind of ruined it for people because they, you know, they had convinced themselves of, like, what it was going to be about based on, like, analyzing three frames from a trailer um, and then were disappointed when it wasn't exactly that. And so I'm going to try and... Uh... <laughs> All right, I just put a tweet in yeah, the, no, uh, the tweet about learning how to pay taxes in the yep. Discord. <clears throat> I, like the, uh, I like the more realistic style in the new trailer. Um, it's... I, like, yes, he looks more like a Final Fantasy character, but, like, also he looks more like a real human, which I appreciate. Yeah, it's definitely, 
a jarring transition, but I don't I don't dislike it. It's something that just takes some getting used to, for sure. Yeah. Um but yeah, so yeah, so I don't want to get into the like hype mode of like trying to predict things about it and like suss out exactly what it's like I'm gonna be happy that there's gonna be a new game and I'm gonna go into it and be willing to be pleasantly surprised about stuff. You know what I mean? Yeah, I think I think with Kingdom Hearts you just enjoy the ride. Yep. Um and that's it King like I feel like that's sort of the same thing with like Kojima games. Like there's really no sense in in theorizing too terribly much because yeah. Kojimbles is just going to do whatever the fuck he wants. Um Does, do people argue that like do Kojima games have like something meaningful to say? Because they've always seemed to me to be kind of like a lot of nonsense. And I know from the outside, Kingdom Hearts looks like a lot of nonsense. But if you talk to any fan for like a long period of time, they'll be like, uh, for, for not even that long a period of time. Um, they'll be like, oh, no, it's, you know, it's actually got some like really interesting themes about like, you know, mental health and identity and self and like, you know, what those things mean. And, you know, like people will get into it to, like, is that true of Kojima games? Are they actually deep if you're really into them? I So here's the thing. I'm not super into, like, I was never super into Metal Gear. Um, and I have played only a little bit of Death Stranding. But I, I was think... going to say, Death Stranding aside, I feel like Death Stranding yeah. maybe had a message. But so my, my understanding I specifically is... Metal Gear. Yeah, is that, like, in particular, um, Metal Gear Solid 2 was, like, very, very prescient with respect to... Um, you know, how information is disseminated through the internet, like, now. Um, and they, they really kind of hit the nail on the head several years in advance. Um, <clears throat> and I don't really know about the rest of the games, to be honest. That's the one thing that I always hear about, is that they they were really were highly predictive <laughs> um, in, like, in MGS2. Um, <clears throat> just it, talking about, like, misinformation and the, sort of the way that... That like propaganda, I guess, for lack of a better term, has kind of evolved in modernity. Um, yeah, but that's the only real good example that I have. So, like, it seemed like the the first game that I played for my stream that time, like, was gesturing towards something about like, I don't know, nuclear proliferation, maybe or something, but like not in mostly in a way that sounded like. Um, you know, a uh, uh, well-meaning, strung-together series of conspiracy theories that, like, uh, you know, I was like, well, this doesn't, this doesn't feel like it had a very strong, like, impact on the way that I think about things. Um, yeah, I, I think the accuracy of you know predictions in um in Metal Gear Solid Two was an accident, and uh, Kojima is <laughs> like. Ev, Ev has said it many, many times. He loves Death Stranding, but the writing is consistently the dumbest shit he's ever heard. <laughs> um, and that's... I, I think that's kind of where where Kojimbles is at. Yeah. <laughs> like he, I mean, hey... He, he thinks he's very, very smart and has a lot of things to say, but kind of doesn't really. Um, and that's fine. He yeah, still I makes mean, a good game. If you are, uh, like... If you are a Kojima truther and you feel that there's like a deep underlying set of messages and themes in the Metal Gear games, like tweet me, like at me about it. I want to know. <laughs> like I'm genuinely curious. 
But like, I was uh, watching a video essay the other day about hard sci-fi and like the, you know, where does the soul live and kind of the like, oh, if you teleport someone by like, you know, deconstructing and recreating them, but you don't kill the original, like, you know, who is the real version of you and like, what does that mean? And I'm like, I feel like Kingdom Hearts, like, weighed in, in in a way I feel pretty reasonable about, you know, on this topic. And, like, I'm kind of with them, right? The, like, okay, if someone is a copy, the moment they start having their own experiences and memories, they are their own person. Like, that's yeah. the conclusion that game came to. And I'm like, yeah, well, that's, where, that's where I come down on it. So Yeah, that's that's also exactly what Soma is about. Yeah, well, um, Soma was one of the games that they were talking about in in this context. Yeah. So. Yeah. Which but makes sense. Shout shout out to um. No, it's not um, Jacob Geller on YouTube, mm. um, who's a fantastic video essayist. All of, a lot of his videos just like give me chills. He's like really really good at what he does. Uh, and this was his video on head transplants. Um, and he talks about Soma, and he talks about um, uh, Wolfenstein, Shadow of the Co New Colossus, or whatever it's called. Wolfenstein, the New Colossus? Something I think like that's that? that's it, yeah. Not yeah, to I be didn't... confused with Shadow of the Colossus, which is a different game. <laughs> yeah. Not a lot of... Um, not a lot of head transplants in Shadow of the Colossus. Just a lot no. of... Wanton destruction. Yeah. So he's he's got his video on um, nascence and like hostile architecture yeah. uh, made me like reevaluate our play of nascence. Yeah, I I watched that one as well because you showed that you showed that one. To us. I was I was thinking like the name sounds familiar. I'm yeah. sure we've talked about this guy in the podcast before. And yeah, it was the nascence one. Yeah. Um, every time I I think about that that video essay also. It makes me want to replay Nascence, but then I, I have not, I have not gone back the, to it. Then you remember the experience of playing Nascence and go, oh, wait, never mind. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's kind of how... Look, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do a segue now if you're, if you're tapped out on talking about Kingdom Hearts, but we can keep talking about Kingdom Hearts if you want. No, that's fine. Let's move on. Okay, okay yeah, I was, I was going to say that's sort of how I feel about um, the game that we played for the last couple of weeks, um, which is... Oh. You you were gonna sorry you're gonna transition into the game we played. I do have oh, one, yeah. I do have one other topic that's not Kingdom Hearts that I want to broach briefly. Um, okay, never mind. Scrap, is, scrap the segue. Scrap the segue. What's you, up, Kyla? You can still use the segue, but sidebar. How uh, can I have been playing a lot of the new Tiny Tina's Wonderland? Mm -hmm. uh, it's very good. I recommend it. <laughs> I'm enjoying the heck out of it. Nice. Uh, I, I have, have a, I have a little dragon companion. I'm playing the class that gives you a tiny dragon companion, and that's really all I want from a game. <laughs> Let's be real. <laughs> that that class was put in there just for you. Yes. Right. <laughs> Sorry, that was all I wanted to say. We can move on. Oh yeah, no. Um, speaking of games that are, well, I don't know. I kind of lost the thread. We played a game called Not for Broadcast uh, yep. the last couple weeks, which is uh, a. TV broadcast uh, propaganda simulator by yeah. uh, Not Games and published by Tiny Build. Weirdly. Um, Tiny Build is not the sort of publisher... You would expect this to be like an Annapurna game. Like, maybe Devolver at the outside. Devolver, but, yeah. Um, <laughs> but no, it's Tiny Build. Okay. Yeah. Sure. I mean, ugh, that's fine. Maybe they want to break into more like 
avant-garde artsy games, which if so, good for them. I I'm all I'm all for more avant-garde artsy games. Um yeah. yeah. So it's very reminiscent of Papers Please in a lot of ways in that it's about as I think we said in the in the preview last time like you are a person in a small position with like a lot of power over something kind of minor um mm-hmm. and you get to like your your decisions like have rippling effects throughout the world and in the like larger political and as well as personal contexts um yeah let's be real here it is papers please no well it's like not as good as papers please though it's also it's like a a a wackier papers yeah. please i think is how i would posit it yeah. even though Paper Space is pretty wacky. Yeah. Yes. I don't know. It's it's more like Papers, Please. I don't know if I would call Papers, Please wacky. Papers, Please, I feel like has a very consistent tone of like you are constantly aware of this like overarching, like looming shadow. Um, Whereas this one's sort of like very hit or miss and like... um, inconsistent i guess that's not exactly the right word but um yeah there's some really like they really go very this is very much more like satire it like it's got a heavy irony and cynicism element to it in a way that i think papers please played a lot more straight if that Mm -hmm. makes sense yeah i was um i was really surprised at some of the decisions that they made in in characterizing um the the various factions that are in play in this game yeah actually i don't know i wasn't i wasn't necessarily surprised in in as bad of a in like you know an an annoyed or bad way um but then again i guess i am kind of ever the centrist um, yeah which no i was i was surprised at like how they portrayed some of the politics so here's the thing um I'm not sure if I maybe played the game badly or um like if the or if the game just like doesn't respond that well to like like doesn't have respond that well to your decisions because like there was some stuff that I really felt like I had a grasp on how they were characterizing stuff and I would make certain decisions intending to go a certain way and it just like didn't and I like I don't know if it's me or if it's the game. Yeah, it's it's like when you get to the end of the game, you see that there are fourteen different endings, and I am really struggling to see how you get fourteen different endings. Um, and I think the only way to get a lot of endings would be to just complete play the game uh, in a in a way that is completely outside of like what my own reaction would be, which I guess is kind of the point. Um, yeah. So yeah. yeah. So- so for context, there's basically um, so the the game starts as at an election. An election has just finished, uh, and there's a new government taking power in this like faux Britain kind of uh, state. It's it's uh, you know a AU Britain, um, and they're called uh, Advance, and they have this very vague platform of like eat the rich, basically. Yeah. Um, um the, like their 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 very first initiative is 
We are going to strip all of the assets of the um, of the outrageously wealthy, and we're going to redistribute it. Yep, and take their passports. Um, and the uh, they are as they start to gain more power, they are countered by a protest faction called Disrupt, um, which is you know sort of as you might expect, kind of like a skirting the line of like acceptable violence sort of faction. Um, like, doing a lot of protests, but also, like, they, you know, they're... Actually, they're usually not armed, from what I remember. Um, but, you know, like, kind of like the, like, easy, easily, like, scare-tacticable, like, you know, scary protesters faction. Yeah. Um, I wouldn't go quite so far as to say terrorists. I guess they do, like, destroy the TV antenna at one point. Um, and we hear about some attacks that they've maybe done, but it's all coming from the government propaganda machine, so it's, like, hard to tell if those are real or not. Yeah, and, and there are, um, it's, I think there are points on screen where you do see government officials explicitly calling them terrorists, which is, yeah. you know, in line with, with how that would play out, definitely. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, no, the, like, Advance certainly labels them as a terrorist faction, um, it's and that's like maybe that's applicable maybe it's not it's unclear it also might depend on decisions you've made like to what degree they are violent it's hard mm -hmm. to say um yeah um, but so so they've got this this counter org um and while they continue to sort of thwart the counter org for this i mean this game spans about what, seven like years? six years seven years something like yeah. that so it's it's a pretty long time frame much longer than i was expecting it to be yeah um, and, you know, as the years wear on, the, the government becomes uh, more totalitarian. They, um, <clears throat> there are sanctions imposed on the country um, in response to their policies from, you know, the, the neighboring countries. And Wait, their and... response yeah, go on. Is, is to um, plant nuclear weapons in 52 major cities in other countries. And they detonate four of them uh, as a, you know, a way to demand um the the stopping of the sanctions like it's it's very very bleak yeah so like that doesn't make a ton of sense to me because like the i feel like they are trying to ca characterize the government as two different forms of like terrible over government overreach that are opposite each other right because yeah. like on the one hand they are the like redistribution of wealth government where it's like you know sort of like the communist lean um where it's like oh you know the they're you know stepping on people's like uh you know the people who are most successful individually in order to like fund like bureaucratic welfare programs that aren't really working and like arts programs that are inane and stupid and you know in a realistic scenario you would expect like what i thought was going to happen when they've announced that um that was their policy it's like oh well steadily the definition of who counts as the wealthy elite is going to get to a lower and lower income margin until they're basically just taking everybody's stuff and like the few rich elites at the top of the government are going to be the ones who are benefiting right like that's how that trajectory goes i feel like in the real world um and then there's, they are also like the super militaristic armed guards everywhere 
uh, nuking other cities like strongman government, which I feel like is a different flavor of government overreach. And usually those two are not the same group. Yeah, there's also um, a lot of, like, indoctrinating the youth and um, encouraging people to, you know, rat out their friends and neighbors for, you know, whatever minor infractions against the government there may be. And, and you know, I don't know if how much we want to spoiler things right off the bat, but um, they are, uh, un, you know, sterilizing people without their knowledge, and they are sending the elderly basically to euthanasia facilities, and everything is everything is obviously dressed up in a nice way. It's like the, um, yeah. oh, I forget what they call the, the transition center is the euthanasia yeah. facility. Um, yeah. And they, relatively early on, I think during the sanctions, they enforce um, rationing. So the way they end up feeding all the people is by, like, the only place you can get food is through, I think they call them menu centers, which is where yeah. you go to get your food from the government. And they're putting, you know, they're putting, like, birth control drugs in all the food without telling people. Yeah. Um, and, it, like, it's it's pretty hellish. And, you know... <sighs> Like, because if it was just like, oh, it's a government, you know, like that's doing like, oh, they want to do wealth redistribution stuff. It's like, OK, that's something where I could see like people rally behind that initially. Like, I, you know, I'd be tempted to rally behind that initially and like just be a watchdog for, you know, the power overreach that inevitably mm -hmm. comes and try and like combat that. But no, they're pretty quickly like just pretty fucking fascist. <laughs> Um, I don't know. Yeah, um, I, I guess, I mean, I feel like the point is, is that any, any government party with, without, you know, without enough pushback can just do whatever they want. I feel like that's kind of the point. Um, maybe. Yeah, maybe. Um, <laughs> sure. I mean, that makes sense. Um. Yeah, it's difficult to say. There's a lot of um, there's a lot of messaging going on that yeah, it's kind that of definitely a, feels kind of muddled. Yeah, it's kind of a like everyone's an asshole uh, world, right? Like, mm -hmm. there's no faction where you really feel like, oh, like these people are like really well-meaning, good people who just like don't see how this like you know looks bad or like could. Um, you know, could cause problems in the future. Like, nobody's like that. Everyone's pretty much, like, a pretty cynical asshole in different ways, it seems like. Well, it's funny because even um, the, the, like, spokesperson for Disrupt is a, like, Alex Jones kind of analog character. There's a lot of yeah. characters that are like that. They are analogs for, you know, some real figure. Um, and he, you know, he starts off being a complete asshole, but then he kind of, he becomes more sympathetic yeah. Until at the very end of the game, you realize that he also is just a patsy for um, foreign powers that are just completely, you know, using him and yeah. using disrupt in general. Um, yeah, so, and it's like yeah. the, both sides are like so cartoonishly evil. Yeah. Like at the end, it's between like the faction that is like working for a bunch of foreign powers who like literally talk about like sex trafficking and like um you know drug selling drugs as like their major um you know like basically a yeah a sex trafficking drug cartel of foreign powers or the government that like nuked people and sterilized them against their will like yeah, yeah. 
Like that's not that's not like a good choice. Um yeah, uh, I don't know. Like, I, I have to. I have to just assume that a lot of this comes down to the fact that um, I don't want to sound like too far up my own ass here, but nuance is getting harder and harder for a lot of people to deal with. It seems like. Um, <laughs> so I, I guess you know that's where we're at. Um, yeah, and I mean the final message of at least the epilogue I got was like if you think everything else is horrible get up off your ass and like do something about it like run for office pay attention to politics like do something mm -hmm. did you get uh, the accord ending i did get the accord ending i yeah. also got the accord ending i, I sort wonder... of figured we probably would get the same one yeah i wonder to what extent that's like the most common ending because it feels like that's the ending you get if so my i decided my primary loyalty was to the truth Right. It was to like mm -hmm. getting information out there regardless of the source and like making sure that like the stuff that was portrayed was like accurate, basically. Um, the only but, time I the only time I did any like, best boy. yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, the only time I did any like actual censoring was <laughs> there's one like rapper who comes on to like rap about how like terrible Accord is for the little guy basically, but it's clear that he's, like, actually, like, part of the wealthy elite, and he's just fucking lying about his background. So yeah. I felt kind of, like, spiteful about his hypocrisy, so I did censor him. But other than yes. that, I think I pretty much, like, ignored all of both government and Discord's, uh, not Discord, Disrupt's, uh, um, like, requests to censor things. I definitely did. Um, <clears throat> there's there's a whole broadcast, and I guess we can talk about the mechanics yeah. next, but there's a whole broadcast where basically you are um, putting out coded messages for disrupt so that they can, you know, successfully have their their big, um, like, pushback operation, um, which, of course, goes horribly awry for them anyway. But I did, like, I ended up siding with, with disrupt actually quite a bit. Yeah. Until the very end, when it became clear that they are just patsies, um, yeah. and then I just didn't censor anything. <laughs> yep, same. Yeah, um, but yeah, I uh, yeah, Jeremy Jeremy Donaldson, best boy. Uh, let's talk about the mechanics, I guess. Well, let's talk about who Jeremy Donaldson is. I guess. So there's a cast of recurring characters. Um, that you, that's, so you're like literally, uh, you're Alex Winston, you are a janitor who was put in charge of the editing room. <laughs> and so you get to kind of like see these news anchors for this studio that you work for, for the whole game. And it starts as it's just Jeremy Donaldson, who's like, he's, I didn't like him at all at first. He's, he is also kind of a cynical asshole and kind of mean, um, but the thing is, like, he cares about the news and he cares about mm -hmm. doing his job well and, like, presenting, you know, an even-sided, like, both arguments to the public kind of thing. Um, and he calls people out on their bullshit when they're bullshitting. Like, the Alan James, the, like, you know, super right-wing pundit, like, he does not take shit from that guy. He's like, that sounds really dumb. And you? <laughs> like, to the other person, you know, like... Yeah. Um... And then eventually he gets a co-host, Megan Wolf, uh, and then 
at least in the storyline that uh, that Kelso and I played, as the as the news studio falls further and further into just like propaganda and fluff, like the bread and circuses that the that the government wants you to show, he gets more and more upset, and then eventually has a breakdown and like waves a gun around in the studio and gets arrested. Yeah, and, and then... like takes people hostage. Yeah, yeah, and then uh, Megan Wolf becomes the the sole host for a while, and National Nightly News slowly descends into just being NNN, and then just the Nightly Show, uh, which becomes like more and more like fluff and clearly government propaganda, and it's like really really depressing. Um, so depressing, God. And clearly, yeah. like the news anchors all hate it. Like the the people the the whole news crew, but like you know they know that they don't really have a choice, um, and yeah that sucks. And then at the again in the version that uh, Kelso and I played, uh, disrupt breaks Jeremy Donaldson out of jail, and he comes back at the very end and like stages a break in, uh, and disrupt want him to like present disrupt's message. But instead, he just kind of reveals what both sides are doing and, like, the horrible shit they've gotten up to. And mm -hmm. uh, you can choose if you want to, like, go with him and reveal that information. Or if you want to, like, you know, defy him and side with one or the other faction. Um, but he's, like, he's there to, like, show the public, like, here's what's happening. And if you, like, don't like it, fucking do something. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that was, that I kind of came back around. I was kind of not enjoying the game a ton uh, at that point, but I kind of came back around to it at the end because I liked that ending. I liked getting Jeremy back. Yeah, the I feel like the the middle part of the game, like after the uprising with Disrupt, um, like you have two two newscasts that are basically nothing. Yeah. Um, and it's just like, okay, like... We we skip so much time in between these mm -hmm. that it it almost feels like you could have cut one of those out just to yeah you know to to get rid of the fat. Um, and it doesn't feel like your decisions are that meaningful. Like in that part, it's like yep, do a good job and like say the things the government wants you to say. You can like say them. You you can like you know like boo when you're supposed to laugh at like the, the funny segment and that's about it you know mm -hmm. yeah um yeah so there's a, but um, there's like my favorite like weird dystopian moment is there's a there's a side reporter uh, like one of the on the field reporters uh, yes. named Patrick Bannon um like awkward name choice because of course I instantly went to Steve Bannon, but like they they're not trying to make that association. Um, mm -hmm. So Patrick Bannon is just like a just a weird kind of idiot of a <laughs> of a side reporter. But uh, at one point, like it goes to him and he doesn't realize he's on on air and he's like bad mouthing uh, the government. And then like they cut away and they cut back and there's just some random blonde woman who I think was the camera operator. And she's mm -hmm. like, um, I'm Patrick Bannon. Uh, and like, she just carries on. <laughs> and then yeah, she, she just is Patrick, is Patrick Bannon. Bannon for the rest of the, for like the next several years. There's even a part yeah. at the very end when Jeremy comes back and she's like, oh, I don't think we've met. I'm Patrick Bannon. And he's like, yeah, that's what you keep telling yourself, huh? Um, yeah. 
so weird. And like everyone refers to her as like him because she's supposed to be Patrick Bannon and she's clearly a woman. <laughs> it's pretty great. Um yeah, a lot of a lot of like fun ongoing gags. Definitely. Yeah. Um and I mean I I I don't know about you guys. I I still have the perception of when I see an FMV game, and I think it's just because of all the old FMV games and like the 3DO shit in the 90s, where it's like, oh, we're in for some some rough acting. Yeah. Uh, I was like, I'm not gonna say that everyone was great all the time, but I was consistently pretty impressed with with you know what the actors managed, how the actors managed to pull yeah. things off. Yeah. Um, the only was, yeah. the only person I didn't feel was like super believable was Bozeman, who is like he's a voice only role that is like your uh boss at the studio and like mm -hmm. his lines like always like dropped like a like a ton of lead for me but uh but other than that yeah, yeah. everyone was like pretty solid yeah really really uh believe there, like there were even points where i was like oh this is pretty emotional um there were uh, you know certain monologues that that got pretty heavy that were that really that hit for me um, yeah. So they they have a little a little like behind the scenes documentary. Um, I think that is just free on Steam. That I will probably download and watch at some point, just because it's it yeah, seems like fun. an interesting uh, production to sort of yeah. Watch I do think the, uh, the making of the Jeremy Donaldson character um, was good, but I do think they cast him like a little bit too young for the person he was supposed to be playing. <laughs> Yeah, I, like I don't disagree with that. He's 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 definitely, I think, supposed to come across as way more of like a grizzled veteran of the news, and he looks like he's like twenty five. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's true. I I couldn't I could never tell like if he's just one of those guys who like prematurely grayed, or yeah, or if he's much older and has a baby face, or if they were just like putting gray in his hair to make him yeah. look older. Like I have no idea. No. Um, yeah. Um, so. but yeah, I did overall like that. Um, yeah, so your main, your main thing is like, they, they actually do a lot of it that feels like you are literally editing a live broadcast. Like you mm -hmm. have the broadcast coming into you and then you have the like two or three seconds later outgoing like live stream and you have four, you have a four camera setup. You have to switch between cameras like fast enough to be interesting, but like also make sure you're holding on the faces of people who are speaking so that like the main focus is there um you have to select the ads you're going to run and load them up into into vhs players or into vcrs um before the broadcast um, yep and you have to time it so that the ad goes out at the right time um and you you have a soundboard eventually where you like can accompany things with like applause or laugh track or like sympathy or boo depending on you know what's come up um, there's some stuff that feels more like mini gamey than sensible. Like there's a thing where you have to like adjust the signal to get rid of interference. Yeah, that which was is, like doesn't feel like doesn't it... feel diagetically meaningful. It's, yeah, it's it just there... seemed like we need we need another gameplay element, especially during these segments where it's just a lot of people talking and you probably aren't going to have much to do. Yeah, um, I think it's there because they wanted there to be a mechanical way that you could switch to disrupt signal yeah. when it starts coming in, which mm -hmm. is cool. But like the way they they the uses up 
to that point are like don't feel significant really yeah definitely um, so i i didn't like that as a mechanic um there's also like a rhythm game part like whenever there's a uh, someone doing which god bless them for writing as many music pieces as they yeah. did for this show gosh i was not expecting as many songs as there were but there were a whole lot of songs yeah there's like four or five of them yeah um, just insane they're, they're quite well written well yeah. maybe not as like songs but yeah, as, but, uh, yeah. humor yeah. Yeah, in mm -hmm. context with, like, the characters who are supposed to be performing them and how it's supposed to be going, they are quite good for what they are. Mm -hmm. I liked yeah. the one, um, uh, the, like, hey, Mr. Bear, what's that over there? Oh, um, yeah. It's about accepting mediocrity and, and like, giving up on your dreams. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, that one was very good. Uh, but yeah, so in during those segments, if you edit like on time to the beat, you get extra points. And that was like the only time I ever got good broadcasts was in those segments. Because apparently I am real shit at, as a like live editor. I, I managed to mostly get pretty good grades on my, on my, you know, broadcast editing. But then every time I would go into like the details, it would say I did an extremely poor edit. And yep. I basically just got by on the strength of, like, bleeping out all the swear words and yes, not doing the interference. Yeah, I managed to, uh, I did manage to bleep, like, pretty much every swear word. That I think mm -hmm. I missed, like, one swear word across the entire game. Oh, which is funny than I was. because, well, I'm, I'm probably, I'm, like, exaggerating. But uh, in terms of, like, getting a, you bleeped all the swear words great at the end. Um, because there's yeah. a, there's a, I think they do actually let you let one or two slide and then they mm -hmm. still say you bleeped all the swear words, but there was yeah. only once where it said like some, some swears made it to air. Um, yeah. but the, <laughs> um, I, it's, it was funny to me that like, there's all this like, you know, government sanctioned violence and like crazy shit going on on the air that you're like, how... Like, this is fucking horrible. And then you still have to, like, bleep the swear words and not show the nudity, right? Like, yeah, the, those so sections, petty. those sections, um, anytime that there were, um, so the, the earliest part of the, like, disrupt movement is just the rich folk who have gotten their money taken away and they decide to, um, do, like, nude protests. So there are several moments where, um, disrupt people you know, early disrupt, break into, or somehow make their way onto the broadcast and are just streaking around in the studio and you have to, like, keep all of the nudity off off screen, which is absolutely frantic when you're mm -hmm. doing it at the moment, but it yeah. is really fun conceptually. <laughs> yeah. And uh, once you're... And then, like, there's a bunch of, like, one-off mechanics that come in in various spots, like there's a, a day when it's really hot and you have to keep turning on like a fan that cools down the fuses to keep from like losing your electronics. There's a thunderstorm mm -hmm. where certain panels are uh, electrified and if you press it them too many times, you just die. Yeah. And you have to re restart that segment. Um, did you get the uh, the toy apocalypse? Yes. Okay. There's a, there's a, a, a what I think I is an optional segment. Oh, is it? Okay. Did, well, did you play the, the videotape that they told you not to play advertising the toys? I did not play okay. that one, but I think 
so I mean, I think I, I did. I have no idea. So I did. So maybe it's uh, maybe it happened. I assumed it happened because I played the videotape, but I guess that's not true. Maybe it's you have to get uh, like Sophia Remington's dock up to a certain level or something like that. Um, mm -hmm. but there's there's one day where like um. They, there was a toy release that's basically like a Furby that's like going around and killing people and everybody's in lockdown and like the, the newscasters are broadcasting from their homes and uh, you you keep getting attacked by these little dolls and you have to keep swatting them off the controls. Yeah. Um, and then of course it turns out that that whole broadcast was a hallucination and you were in a coma from getting like hit by lightning during the storm broadcast. Oh, is that how they explain that? Mm -hmm. At least that's what happened in mine. I think. Well, no, I assumed the coma came from like the fact that you got attacked by dolls. Oh, but I don't know. Maybe is, maybe it's that different. That is the one then. with the that is the one with the weird devil lady segment at the end, right? So maybe that's. I, think uh, so. I was wondering I like what the fuck was up with that. So maybe that was also, I'd like if that was just a hallucination. That makes much more sense. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I'm looking at the... I've got the wiki up, but there's so much text on the wiki because the wiki is... A lot of them is just transcripts of all of the text mm -hmm. that, that went up. Um, yeah, and then so. at the end of the... at the There's a lot of, like, throwing to interviews and stuff like that. Um, at one point, you're, like, you're at a sports game and you have to, like, you know, focus on the players and then the commentator and then the players and, like, keep your eye on the action. Um and uh, then at the end of each broadcast, you can watch the full broadcast, you can watch the ads, and you can watch the rushes, which are like <clears throat> the... It's like the raw footage. Yeah, basically the raw footage. And that lets you like see what people were, the like crew were talking about behind the scenes while you were like focused on doing the edit. Um, and some of those are really fun. You can get, like, some little background stories about, like, the characters and their dating life and, like, how they feel about each other. And there's there's some cute little ongoing stories. Also, I'm looking at the, the lockdown one. So the, the end segment where you have the devil, devil version of Megan, um, that changes depending on your choices. So the version that I got is um, an insane stalker Megan who has, like fallen in love with Alex Winston and is threatening <laughs> to kill their family so that they can be together. Oh, wow. Um, yeah, I got I got the devil one where she's like, you've been so, like, good. Don't you want to just, like, be a little naughty and break the rules sometimes? And I'm like, oh, this is the game acknowledging that I've, like, picked a certain path and, like, reminding me that I, I have the option to disobey if I choose. Yeah. Um, because I, I'm assuming, did you not give away the passport? Uh, I did give away the passport. Oh, okay, weird. Um, because I, I, that, like, the main choices that it seems to be affected, um, by are the choices that you make for, um, Chris. So Chris is your spouse's sibling, and then your two kids are Charlie and Susie. Um, so, okay, if you... Basically said a... yes to everybody. Yeah, so if you... Okay, see, I, I had a slightly different one. I did not let my son, Charlie, I guess Charlie, oh, well, I guess Charlie is explicitly your son. Your yep. son and daughter are explicitly your son and daughter, and every other, like, adult character is gender neutral. Yep. Um, so I made my son come home that one night that he was away, but I said yes to everybody else. 
So yeah, I, I got. Did, I did not make my son come home. Yeah, there's, there's, um, a I'm very... like, I, I trust him, which apparently is the wrong answer. Apparently, They're... trusting your children to be mature is like not an acceptable. <laughs> well, here's the thing: there are eight different versions of that segment for pretty much every permutation of your decisions. Boy. Which is, um, I mean, we were talking about this when we first started playing the game. This is a, a huge game. This is like 40, 50 gigs of data, yeah. which makes sense because it's all just video files. HD video. Yeah, it's, it is just big, big video files. Um, so I would be interested to see a lot of the stuff that I missed. Yeah. But, I... Um... So I guess, can we talk about, should we segue into talking about the, the interstitial family sequences? Yeah. Um, so between broadcasts, there are these like visual novel sequences where you, it's just text over like a 3D rendered background. Um, <clears throat> and you're just like making decisions about like whether you're going to, you know, like go on vacation with your spouse or like work an extra weekend or like, you know, let your daughter go to this like big trip abroad she's been planning or like make her you know like decide you can't afford it and you know like make her stay home and you know your son is out late do you like march over to his friend's house to get him or do you like trust him to you know stay or whatever and <clears throat> all of these decisions have significant consequences and i kind of hate these segments because it feels like there is literally no way to predict what any of these consequences will be. So you like you sit there and you think about all the shit that could go wrong with the decision you're about to make if you make it in either direction. And then you have to pick one knowing that that shit will probably go wrong, right? Like, or something that you didn't think of will happen. Yeah. Like, it feels I... like it's impossible to make a good or right decision in those sections. I guess it didn't like I, I get what I get where you're coming from 100%. I guess it didn't bother me that much because that is just kind of like how life is and sometimes you can make a completely innocuous decision and it ends up being a big problem later on and you just have no idea. Um it's very unlikely that that would ever happen to the same degree that it happens in this game obviously because we're not living in quite as tumultuous times. Um but I guess, I, I don't know, maybe it's, like, kind of fatalistic of me to be like, yeah, I don't know, sometimes you make decisions and your decisions just don't fucking matter, but I, yeah. it felt, it felt, like, authentic, I guess. Yeah, I, I don't know, it felt to me like there was kind of no right choice. Like, some yeah. of the, like, it would be nice if anything I had, any decision I had made felt like it came back in a positive way. But it really didn't. Like, two of my family members died. Same. Like, yeah, like, that's... That Both felt, like, three, really shit. Three of my family members died. There's one part, and maybe you had a different outcome, um, later on, where you have to make the tough decision to send your mom, your elderly oh, mother... Oh, yes, sorry. To, I forgot um, about the elderly mother. Yeah, and that one, I didn't get to make a choice. That one, I think, is just based on um, another thing that you have your to sort of manage is your financial finances. state. Yeah. Yeah, and I, I'm guessing if you, you know, have enough money, you just say, like, oh, we can, we don't have to send mom away to a transition center. We can just keep her here and, you know, keep yeah. spending money on her, her medical care that she now needs. Um, so I, I'm assuming that that's a choice that is made for you. 
yeah, that's, um, that happened the same for me. But I did not have yeah. the money, so we had to send mom away to be killed. Yeah, and it's like, okay, so, like, three of my family members are dead, and, like, my son is, like, part of the fascist government. Like, I don't feel like there was, like, okay, best case scenario, like, I guess I keep everyone at home and am, like, really domineering, and everyone in the family kind of hates me for being really domineering, and, but everybody's alive. Like, I guess that's the best outcome. Yeah, it's, it's, it's difficult to say. Um, See, but the yeah, thing, I, I, the thing is, for me, is like I compare these two. Like, paper, Papers Please does something similar, right? It has interstitial segments about your family, but they are such bare bones, like minimum thing. It's literally like these are the people in your family. These are their needs. Do you have enough money to cover their needs? <laughs> and that's it. And because of that, it really just serves as an incentive for you to work hard in the gameplay segments, right? It's really just a punishment for failing to make enough money in those segments. And it ser that serves that purpose it serves really really well, right? Because it, you know, you need some um some like encouragement to do well in the segments, but these felt like in this game it, they felt very disconnected. Like they mm -hmm. were in some ways affected by how much money I had, but I didn't, I was never able to get, like, a, a ton of money, even when I, like, tried my very best. Um, yeah, I think, I think the best amount, like, the highest I ever got was not worrying every day, which is one step above can afford coffee. Um, I never, I never got to can afford coffee. Yeah. Um, um, I got to, uh, like, like, technically not destitute or something like that. Yeah, um, I spent most of my game in uh, worrying debt, which I think is the step below technically not destitute. Um, um but the like they yeah they felt very disconnected from each other. The decisions I made on the family level seemed to like only affect family level things, but the decisions I made in the in the main game also affected family level things, but in ways I had no way of predicting and that felt like they were always bad, no matter what. Um, yeah, I have to wonder if... Uh, cause and maybe I, they're not. Maybe there is, like, a correct decision that we just didn't get. But Yeah, it's it's difficult to say. Um, how What was your relationship with your spouse like at the end of the game, just out of curiosity? Uh, pretty positive, I think. Okay, I just, um, I just wasn't sure. I, I feel like there must be some way that where you end up like completely alone your son is estranged from you your daughter is oh, dead your wife or your spouse is there is an achievement for being the only surviving member of your family okay so the yeah. spouse can die apparently jesus everyone yeah, can die yeah that's rough so yeah everybody can die um there is also an achievement for everybody lives um so like that's all you know like on a individual choice basis i guess um yeah. i'm sure any combination of people can live or die depending on the, the decisions you make is what it seems like yeah see this is the big problem that i have with this game where like the everyone is dead or everyone is alive and it's all based on your choices like it reminds me a lot uh, of a completely different game it reminds me a lot of elsinore 
but Elsinore has a has a much shorter gameplay loop. This, you know, if you yeah. want to start over from the beginning, you're looking at like eight nine hours of gameplay. Yeah. Um, and I, granted, you know, I spent quite a bit of time after every segment um, watching the rushes so that I yeah. could see all the stuff that I missed. I'm sure it would be much quicker, maybe depending on whatever other footage I get. Um, to go through it again. Yeah, but... but it's not like you can play the segments that much faster because they are live video. Exactly. It's and like, like... I only had to replay sections like two, maybe three times. So it wasn't like I did a lot of replaying. Oh, um, that. But... Speaking of replaying, did the game crash a bunch of times for you? No, I don't think I had any oh. crashes. Carl? No. No. Uh, the game crashed like four times for me while I was playing it. One time it oh, crashed no. at the very end of a segment and I had no. to redo that entire segment again. I hate that. Um, yeah, and I don't, like, I have no idea what caused the crashes on my end. Like, I... Maybe it's it was... some, like, graphic, like, video processing can't handle all of the video loading or something. Yeah, I don't know. It was, it was completely random and, like I said, it happened, I want to say, four times and I, like... Ugh. Ugh. I was curious if that happened to any of you, um, yeah, just no, as an aside. I, I did not have any technical difficulties with this game, which is unusual for me. So yeah, well that's good. Okay, I well, have it was no issues. <laughs> it was just but even. It, it ties into a problem I have with this game, and that is mm -hmm. like the broadcasts are quite long. Yeah, they are, and they really you have are. to like be active during the entire broadcast. Yeah, you basically have to be ready to, like, sit there for an hour and be focused and, like, on top of things for that hour. Yeah. I don't and know if it... any of them were, like, an hour long, but they they've definitely felt like they were an hour long yeah. at, at points. Uh, um, definitely. If you, uh, like, I think there's a reason why, like, after each segment, you can choose to continue or save and quit. Like, they give you the save and quit option after each broadcast where it's like, all right, mm -hmm. are you done for the day? Feel free to sign out. Yeah, it is, um, for lack of a better word, it, it, it is, like, kind of harrowing to sit through that. It's a very intense gameplay experience, even though you're really not doing a lot. You just have to be paying a lot of attention. Yeah. Yeah, it is, is very definitely, like, a multi-focus thing. Like, this is a game that tests your ability to multitask, mm -hmm. because you have to, like be switching cameras and keep your finger on the bleep button and watch for interference, like, and be aware if, like, the electronics are switching off. And, like, they usually don't make you do more than, like, two or three things at once, but, like, you, you gotta be on your toes. Yeah, like, you always have to be, pretty much always have to be managing the cameras. There are, there are a couple of occasions where, you know, you, you're, you're just gonna be on one camera for a couple minutes at a time, and that's fine. And that's when they throw a bunch of other stuff at you. But like, at, yeah. yeah, at the very least, you're managing your cameras and you're ready to censor swear words. Um, and like, you you gotta always be on that. Um, yep. And then the other things kind of pop in and out. Yeah, there's, we didn't um, talk about, there's also a, like a decision-making thing where like mm -hmm. something will, a story, a headline will come up and you get to choose like which image goes out with it and you can choose one that's like flattering or not flattering depending on the, the subject matter and mm -hmm. it seems like you can actually affect reality by this like you affect whether um 
like the weird sports star guy has a good relationship with his girlfriend or not. Oh yeah, something um, something ham sleeves. Um so yeah. the, the ending for my my what was his name? Some I don't remember, Daniel Ham sleeves or something. Yeah. Um he uh had Ronnie, uh, Ronnie Ham sleeves. Ronnie Ham sleeves. He um had a a drug problem, went to rehab, got out of rehab, was like homeless and still addicted for a while, and then ended up uh I think cutting off all of his limbs and replacing them with various peg limbs, and then the the in the epilogue segment, it's like he became a famous movie actor, mostly portraying pirates. I was like, oh, I guess that worked out okay for him. <laughs> but like, wow, uh, what a ride! Damn it. Uh, the I can't find the full name. What was her first name? It Which was one? like the so scientist... my. So ending my ending was he marries this pop star woman uh they have a child uh they have a daughter and the daughter's name is something clitoris ham sleeves whoa <laughs> what a name yeah i forget her first name and it's the first name is something like bonkers but slightly less bonkers it's like january clitoris ham sleeve or something like that um yeah. But yeah yeah there's also a side there's a bunch of these little side stories that you that like crop up throughout like all of the broadcasts that you kind of get to see how they they ended up at the end um so there's yeah like the there's ronnie ham sleeves or johnny ham sleeves one of the two um there's, there's a team two, of scientists yeah, there's the two scientists who get stuck in a cave underground <laughs> And Which like was the cave what was the cave called it was like dante's taint or something yeah dante's taint yeah, a lot of a lot of um, foul-mouthed humor in the game for sure. Yeah, it feels um, very British. It does the... feel very British. Yeah. Um, uh, there's the um, Sophia Remington Svist, who's like the CEO of a tech company, um, and you can like kind of control how her tech company goes. I think in mine she ended up in a like submarine in an underwater base. Um, in mine, she ended up um, basically exiled from the country and ended up like ruling a a tribe somewhere after giving everybody super herpes because of the male contraception, which got so popular that nobody was using condoms anymore. So everybody just got STDs. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it, it really goes in some directions. Yeah, and then there's there's uh, different stocks for different companies based on what ads you play. Uh, I was all in on Crazy Neil. I fucking love Crazy Neil. I was also all in on Crazy Neil. Uh, 100%, yes. Uh, and so whichever one you, like, most supported, like, uh, shows up at, like, a red carpet segment at the end of the game for, like, a movie premiere. So I had Crazy Neil on the red carpet. <laughs> love, love me some Crazy Neil. Crazy Neil's crazy deals. He's got deals. He's got meals. He's got wheels. He's got meals on wheels. He's got deals on wheels. And nine ex-wives. <laughs> yeah. yeah. There. Yeah. Well, I, I, I have a hard got, time. He's got nine wives. It's unclear if all of them are ex. I guess. I guess it does say at one point that he is currently married to two wives. Yeah. He's, um, well, he's 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 living with wives nine and ten at the end. Yeah. Um. I got just as an aside. I don't know how anyone could not go all in on Crazy Neil because that type of commercial is just the best. I love yeah. it. 
And yeah. a lot of the others were kind of like awful. So yeah, also, some of the magazine subscription ones were kind of funny, but mm -hmm. yeah, Salad Weekly was a good one, yeah. or Weekly Salad. Yeah, um, they send you a new like piece of a salad every week. And if you order now, you could get a, a this beautiful crouton display case. Yep. Um, but yeah, so so yeah, that's another thing that you can kind of like make play out in different ways. Um, so I want to go back to a thing that you said um, that was comparing the choices you make in this in the family segments to Elsinore, because I think that's a really interesting comparison, um, because. My main, I, I've talked about before, um, an uninformed, a completely, like, right. if you give me. The no way of knowing which door it was, I wasn't like. weighing and this game felt a lot to me like that like the outcome so i i have no agency in this uh and the And as you continue to play the game, you can sort of decide which thread do I want to pick up. Yeah, and you're you're you gain more and more agency over time because you have more and more awareness of what the consequences of each action will be, and you can mm -hmm. kind of see how to slot them together. And so it's really it's interesting to me that like this is a game that, in a similar way, has so many different outcomes, as though you know it, it wants you to like really have this this agency. And yet I felt like I had none. Yeah, and that's, you know, that's the big difference, I think, between uh, Elsinore, where a single run is pretty quick, yeah, and like this game minutes. where a single run is, yeah, and this game where a single run is like eight or nine hours. Yeah. Uh, and... Yeah, like, I could go back and see what happens if I do all those other things, but, like, why? It's much... It's much like, more so likely I can see that one more epilogue, like yeah, it, it's much more likely that I'm just gonna sit here on the wiki and I'm going to look up what the other endings are and yeah. what sort of um, combination of choices leads to it, just for my own edification, you know? Yeah. Um, and, and I do think this is a game that I may, you know, not anytime soon, but I, it, you know, I enjoyed this game quite a bit. It's you know, it's not really like anything else I've played mechanically, for sure. Um, and I, I could see myself replaying it again, you know, uh, a year, year and a half, two years down the line, just to, 
to do it um to get some other choices but i'm not like it's it's too much to do uh again so soon on the heels of just having finished it yeah and i will say like that that's that lack of agency feeling was definitely much stronger in the family sections i did like Mm -hmm. i did get the feeling in the main sections that like no matter what i did it was gonna get worse kind of thing you know like like that did until like the very end i didn't necessarily feel like you know my loyalty to open information was having any significant effect of any Mm -hmm. kind um but it did tie itself together at the end which i appreciate and um i did like seeing like small effects of my uh of my decisions come in to the broadcast a lot more because that's the main gameplay segment so it feels better when things have consequences there and it's not just you you picked a decision from a text list and then you got a text answer about what happened right like yeah or you pick something from a text list and two hours later your family's dead you know yeah. like oh great yeah i went so far back and forth on that passport thing like and that's like the first decision you make is like whether to give your spouse's sibling uh your passport or not and i'm like okay like Thing one, like, possibility one, I get in trouble with the government for giving, you know, for, like, doing something illegal. Possibility two, I really need that passport in the future, and I don't have it. Um, And, you know, like, both of those are reasonable outcomes for either of this. So I spent, like, way longer than I should have pondering it. And then I felt bad because, like, the passport was gone, and I did end up needing it later and didn't have it. Mm-hmm. Um. And also, the sibling died because they were abroad, so... Yeah. Um, I... I honestly, I tended not to think too hard about anything that I did in the family segments, just because I think a lot of it it came from um, coming off of the, like, high adrenaline rush of the broadcast segments, where it's like, oh, okay, I got a breather. I don't care about any of this shit. I mean, it's not that I didn't yeah. care about any of this shit, but it's like, ah, this is like, this is doesn't feel as high stakes as the the moment to moment of the, of the, the broadcast. Yeah. yeah. Um. So yeah, I was like, yeah, I'll 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 give Chris the passport. Whatever. My my spouse is happy with me. That's fine. Um. Yeah. So yeah. I, absolutely, it's it's yeah yeah very telltale. A little bit there in in some of the like oh do your choices really matter although i guess in this the choices actually do matter just almost never in the way that you expect they will yeah feels a bit like a long-lived the queen where you like oh yeah you didn't have chocolate or you didn't have dogs i mean so you died by chocolate yeah yeah i i forgot to like put a point into falconry stat like 20 minutes ago and now now i've died yeah. Um, but yeah, again, along with the queen, roguelike structure, right? Like play it again and again and again. They're short loops. You learn the consequences of your decisions, and then you get to make, you know, more informed decisions later. Your agency increases over time. So. Yeah, and I guess I guess a lot of that structural issues comes down to the fact that. There is so much content in this game, and a lot of the content, like, you just, you need to be able to see. There's so much stuff that you just can't cut out, because then you're missing a big part of the the overall narrative. 
Yeah, um, and there's and even there's a bunch of parts that are like really boring and fluff and meaningless, but they're important because like you need there to be some boring, meaningless sections to show that that's a problem mm-hmm. and to like because it would feel weird if like four very politically important things happened in a row in the same broadcast, right? Like, yeah. Yeah, it's so it's it has to be long. Mm-hmm. It's definitely like a tightrope walk, and I I would even probably go so far as to say that like there probably maybe was an element of like we spent some like we put in so much work on this we got to keep it in the game, and yeah. I you know as much as the the big thing in editing is just to kill your darlings like I I get it man if you made something cool you want it to be in the game and that's. Yeah. That's perfectly fine. And they do try and, like, keep... The parts that are, like, not, like, hugely... have The parts that don't have huge ramifications on the arcs plot, they do at least try and make them funny. So mm-hmm. that, like, they're entertaining for you to watch as you're editing them. Right? Like, yeah. there's the whole fucking sports board sequence. Where sports you're board was, like, one of my favorite sequences. <laughs> you're like you there's this there's this sport that you are editing that you have no idea of the rules of and the rules seem to be related to not throwing a ball in a cup like yes. trying intentionally trying to not throw a ball but it's so unclear like what the rules are and how it's scored and at the end everybody just wins anyway so yeah, it's, um, I, I think there's a, I think there's, there's a part a where Patrick says, yeah, end. where Patrick says, and well, this, this makes my 14th um, sports board championship Rich. medal. And like, yep. he gets a medal. I'm like, oh, okay. Because he's there and literally everyone who is there wins. Yep. Yeah. Sports board is uh, great. Yeah. So there's lots of little things like that that are, you know, there to keep you entertained while there's nothing like politically huge going on. Mm-hmm. And all the yeah. little little life dramas of each person. Mm-hmm. Um, and I will say, like, I've been really hard on this game, I think, in this uh, this talk. And I don't want to give the impression that, like, I hated this game or I thought it was horrible or anything like that. Like, I, you know, I had a good time playing it. I'm glad I played it. Uh, I thought it was, and I really, like, I respect it a lot for, like, it tried to do some really, like, interesting and different things. Like, the fact that, you know, this is the only game since Papers, Please that has tried to do anything like this is kind of, you know, surprising and impressive. And they do, I think they, they hit a lot of the things they're going for. They just make, they made a few, like, like big missteps missteps that I wish had been better. <laughs> yeah. A lot of times we end up being much harder on games that we thought were really close to being like super amazing. <laughs> yeah, definitely. And that's where we are. And yeah, so like I it, even though I think there are some things about it that are frustrating and that like I had a friend who who I was talking uh about this morning uh this game with and they said, like, I stopped playing it because I felt like everything I was doing was just making things worse. And there was nothing I could do to make it better. And I'm like, yeah, I get that. Like, that is a legit mm-hmm. reason to stop playing this game. But, like, if you if you can tolerate that, I do actually recommend playing this game. I think it's a super interesting experience. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I honestly, like, even even just from a, like, filmic standpoint, there's... There's so much going on, and just the way that they have managed to put all of these segments together, 
as though they are being filmed live when they very yeah. plainly are not. Like, I was consistently very impressed with that. Um, and it just makes me wonder, like, what what order did they film things in? Like, did they, like, how, yeah, how did that work the, mechanically? The acting production? and all the structure and all of the, like, like, that's, it's very impressive. Like, it's mm -hmm. a well put together piece of work. And despite yeah. how ridiculous it frequently is, it a lot of times ends up being really believable. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah, there's some there's some uncomfortably real parts of it, um, a lot of which are very frustrating. Um, yeah. and, but there's also some like real high absurdist elements that are just like fun and silly. And I think that's what I was saying, like in the beginning where it feels kind of inconsistent is like, I think especially in the early parts of the game, before I had as much experience with, like, what this game's sense of humor is, I struggled a little to tell what parts I was supposed to be like, oh, this is a fun, cute comedy thing that's, like, not going to have consequences, and, like, oh, this is a serious thing where you, like, really need to be, like, caring about the decision you're making here. And, mm -hmm. like, I, I, at first I couldn't quite tell which was which. I think I maybe by by the end had a better feel for it, but still. Yeah. Um, also, I, just as a total aside, I'm on the wiki, and I have found the canonical age of, of Jeremy Donaldson. Anybody want to take a stab at that? He's supposed to be, um, I mean, 30, by 37. The way, by the way, you said it. I'm gonna go higher, say 45. So, uh, Carl is technically closer. The His age uh, at the beginning of the game... So before all of the time skip is 40 years old. So by the end of it, he is 47. Yeah. All right. Like, he looks 25. Yeah. I'm sorry. He does. He does look 25. I'm going to keep doing he research to like, see if I can figure out he, how old this actor looks, is. He looks 25 in grizzled man makeup. Yeah. Anyway, keep going. I'll see if I have an answer for how old the actual um, actor is by the end of the thing. Yeah. Um. But, yeah. I don't know. Well, well put together. Um, the mechanics are like, for the most part, I think you know pretty good. Like the, as I say, you know the. Um, there's a few of them that feel a little superfluous, but um, I think it does a good job of having this sort of like hectic feeling of like live edit with consequences. Uh, that, you know, like I'm like, oh, this is. This is not a thing that games have asked me to do before, and it's, like, a cool experience. Um, like, brings me a little bit back to my, you know, like, TV productions days in high school. <laughs> Although we never did it, we never did anything fucking live, because that was way too dangerous oh, for yeah, a school no. setting, but... Absolutely. And apparently okay. I would be very bad at it. <laughs> yeah, me too. I... I, I managed to squeak by most days, uh, okay, but I I feel like I never oh, yeah. knocked it I out was, of the park. I was always dirt fucking poor. <laughs> I spent a lot of time in the selling a kidney red range. Oh yeah, I was I was in the selling a kidney range for a little while as well. Yes. Um, I don't know. We usually talk about like visuals and sound design towards the end as well but you know that's a lot harder to do it because it's live action it's like yeah no it's it's live action it looks like it was filmed in a small news studio like yep they i do, was 
surprised um at one point you like you can it's got sort of like the five nights at freddy's like you're in a fixed position but you can look in various directions um while you're doing the editing segment so you know if you look to your left you've got your your like power strip where you can make you have to make sure all your stuff's switched on if you look to your right there's like a phone or an intercom but there's also a window and occasionally you can just see people walking by in the hallway which was like oh i don't know if i like that i didn't even notice i never looked out the the hallway window i i was surprised there wasn't more stuff outside the like outside window because like occasionally like you know in the when there's this disrupt uprising and uh, you know, like there's there's helicopters attacking and shit like that. Like that, you can see out the window. But I was I was surprised there wasn't more. Like you know, when there were protests and stuff going on, I couldn't like look out and see like smoke or you know like mm-hmm. flashes of gunfire or things like that. I yeah. was expecting a little more of that, but but they already put in a lot of effort. Yeah, and I mean, I can, the game... I can understand why. The, the environment game, design is maybe not the highest priority. Yeah, the game does have a little bit of a low budget feel, but like in a we are make we are doing like the absolute most we can with the budget we have sort of way, and like they had to pay a lot of actors to do a lot of a lot of the footage. actors. Gosh, so, yeah, oh. yeah, um, and like. You know, it's not like they have any, like, really big-name people in there or anything, but, like, there's a lot of people who I'm sure recorded for quite a long period of time, given how much footage is in this game. And Mm -hmm. uh, and they they all did really good jobs, so... Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, so like I I respect the amount of work they made their budget do. I'm sure they, like, I'm, like, this does not have the feeling of, like, a AAA studio. Here. I mean, granted, you know, they're published by Tiny Build, and I know, you know, like, Tiny Build is, like, a big, big money publisher, but I don't know how much they actually, like, funded the game versus just published it, so. Yeah. Yeah, this this was definitely, like, someone's passion project, for sure. Mm-hmm. I, I wonder if this is, like, someone who, like, played Papers, Please, and then immediately started making a game like that, <laughs> and, like, it's taken this long to... To make a game that like they're happy with, yeah, I will say, um, I, I know that we are now at the point where um, we're getting a lot of media that is dealing with like pandemic themes, and I think this this game had probably the best version of like we're doing a bit on the lockdown, we're doing a bit on some you know analog to the pandemic, and the fact that they made it into a coma dream. And did did what they did with it is I I think the best possible outcome for yeah I was wondering if that that's, if that was like filmed post COVID or if that's something that was like filmed pre COVID and just happened to be <laughs> very timely. It's difficult to say. Yeah, it's like you know games like this can easily take like you know four to seven years, so mm-hmm. it's possible it was pre pandemic. So yeah, or it could have been you know a mid pandemic edition. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty funny, and they they do a great gag of like they have two uh, political pundits who hate each other, and it turns out they're that, and it looks like they're filming from separate locations, but then it turns out they're trapped in the same hotel room together. Yeah, that was a great gag. 
It's like I one was... of them throws a pillow and it like hits the other in their scene and you're like, oh shit, they're like across the room from each other. <laughs> yeah, they are they are locked down in the same hotel, which which raises a lot of questions. Yeah. Very good. Yeah. Yeah, just a lot of like goofy little gags like that that are you know, almost blink and you'll miss it and completely inconsequential, but just a lot a lot of care went into the way the scenes were written and the way they were filmed, you know, yeah. in order to make those things happen. Yeah. And it has, I would say, kind of a mean sense of humor sometimes. Like a lot of the humor is really like at the expense of some of the characters. But it's mm-hmm. it's not the, like once you kind of get used to that edge on it, like a lot of it is quite funny. There's a whole fu- there's a whole Gordon Ramsay sequence towards the end where you're like <clears throat> there's like a Gordon Ramsay type character helping one of the co-hosts cook a pie um and you have to be on the swear button constantly. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> it's like, yep, this would be what it would be like to live edit for Gordon Ramsay. Yep. I hated the swear button. I was never ready. Because it was like the one of the few things that you couldn't, like, keyboard shortcut. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you could. It's spacebar. Oh. Yeah, that makes it a lot easier. Well, yeah, I, I, like, I, knew, I, I knew that, but I immediately forgot all the sh- keyboard shortcuts, like, after they were told to me. And I never remembered to, like, go into the menu and refresh on what they were. The only shortcut I remembered that was absolutely 100% vital was that you could hold down middle mouse button to do some of the um, adjustments for the the signal. Because <clears throat> I do not think I could have been fast enough on like clicking the little joystick thing to like adjust the the waveforms. Yeah, I I didn't use all the keyboard shortcuts, but I definitely used one, two, three, four to switch between the screens. Like that to me is definitely vital. I use the spacebar for the bleeper, and I use middle mouse for the, the you know interference, yeah, modulator. Yeah, I probably would have been better off if I had used some of those, but I just never quite got the hang of them. So I'm, I'm not. I'm, yeah, I'm very much into like keyboard interactions, especially in. I think it comes from, like, the digital art background where you get drilled into you pretty easy is, like, use every keyboard shortcut that you have available to you at all times. That's fair. Um, I got very good at the Unity keyboard shortcuts when I was working more in Unity, so... Yeah, absolutely. So, I'm I'm very much a keyboards person and not a mouse person when I can avoid it. That's fair. Yeah, that probably does make you much more quick on the uptake. Probably why you made more money than me. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, no, I got. I think I got an exceptionally poor edit almost every single broadcast as an overall. Well, yeah, I still got um like in the, in the like I would get a decent grade, but then in the notes it would say the edit was exceptionally poor. Well, well yeah. I guess I guess I still made some money out of it, so yeah. you know. Yeah. Anyway. Um, yeah. Yeah. So that's thoughts. Like again, I I am glad I played this game, and I do recommend mm-hmm. it as like. If you are someone who is, like, interested in the indie game scene and you want to see, like, what more, like, slightly more offbeat things are being made, then I highly recommend the game. Mm -hmm. I don't necessarily, like, recommend it for, like, you know, mainstream gamers who are looking for, like, a super hype way to, like, spend their time that's going to be, like, really 
you know, like fun and action packed or anything like that. But like, it's trying to do something interesting. It's something new and and odd and like, I think worth worth your time. Yeah, if... it's 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 very much a narrative game with uh, an interesting method of presentation. And if if narrative games are your jam, you will probably get something out of this. Mm -hmm. I feel like I want to compare it to Nuts, but I don't think I have anything like particularly intelligent to say comparing it to Nuts. So, there's. They, I mean, I I feel like there's a thesis there. If yeah, you, if they, you they both wanna... use cameras. That's like <laughs> that's what I got. You know. Yeah, that's fair. I mean, there's there's probably something to be said about like the difference between the tension of like live editing versus like reviewing footage, and I don't know, but. Whatever. I enjoyed both games. They're both interesting yeah. in their own ways. Yeah. There's something there's something there, definitely. We just gotta think about what it is. Yeah. If we <laughs> if we remember by our next podcast, we'll uh <laughs> That's fine. I think we've we have we have we have planted the seed and I don't think we necessarily have to do much more than that. Speaking of our next podcast. Yeah. Un unless anyone has anything left to say about uh now I'm good. There's a ton of stuff that we didn't talk about because that's just kind of how this game is. Um, so you know we've spoiled a lot of it, but I don't. I think you know even if you're sensitive to that kind of thing, there's still a lot that we did not even. And who knows? You might you might about. have a completely different sequence of events that like yeah that we absolutely. don't even know about because we played very similar paths. And I think Carl, you didn't finish it, right? I did not. Okay. Yeah. So, what? What were you on a similar path to us, or were you doing something completely yeah, different? Yeah, sounds like that. Okay. Mm -hmm. All right. I didn't so, get to see like all the payoffs yet, but yeah, but possibly, possibly the same ending. Um. Okay. So speaking of the next game that we are going to play, uh, we're going to be playing Cloud Gardens next by Noyo. Um. Uh, I do. I don't know a ton about this game, other than I was like watching the developer like uh, post some cool stuff on Twitter during development about like, hey, like look at this new like you know growth algorithm we just perfected and like how it like like the type of environments it makes. Um, so basically, it's a game where you like get these like maybe post-apocalyptic or maybe just run down landscapes and you like plant gardens and it's kind of like a zen puzzle game kind of thing uh and i don't know like i said it's it has like hundreds of levels apparently so i don't i don't think it's a narrative game but i don't really know that much about it um but it seems like it's going to be real chill uh yeah. and i am gone for the next two weekends so I am not going to get a chance to play a lot. So I needed something that was like short and chill. So yeah, that's this fair. is going to be I, this is going to be a three week I, game at the very least because I am just not going to be here in two weeks. So yeah, I feel like um, we all need a, something chill after just the the frenetic, not even pace, but just the the intensity of of not for broadcast. At least I feel yeah. like I do. <laughs> so yeah, that's fair. Taking a break, taking a break to be a little more chill. I almost recommended uh, Telling Lies because Telling Lies was on sale uh, this past one. But I'm like, do we want two like live action video based games in a row? Maybe uh, we'll yeah, probably not. Maybe we'll put some distance between those. Yeah. Um, 
but that's where we are, and that's what we are playing next. So if you got the um, the itch.io bundle for Ukraine that was uh, going around Twitter uh, like a few weeks ago, then you already have Cloud Gardens uh, because it is in that bundle. So if you are someone who gets bundles fairly often, check your bundles. You may already have Cloud Gardens. I'm annoyed at myself because I missed that. Like, I... You told us about the bundle, and then I just like completely forgot about it. it yeah, it was one of, of those brain. one of those other like fifteen hundred indie games type bundles. Yeah, so. so I did not get that. I'm gonna have to buy Cloud Gardens, but that's fine. Yeah, I'm sure that like you know it's good to support the devs. So. Exactly. Yeah, I I generally don't feel too bad about having to pay for a game that I could have gotten in a bundle for that exact reason. So yeah, yeah. All right. Well, this has been an episode. We did it. We did it on time, gang. Congratulations. Um, I am Kelso. You can find me on Twitter at Kelso Time Bomb. Uh, I don't tweet much anymore, but I did recently tweet about how I am getting a haircut on Wednesday, yeah, I saw which that. is a big deal for me. I haven't gotten a haircut since the before times. Um, big steps. Yeah, I. I even <laughs> like. I was like feverishly looking at salons online so that I could book online because I'm not calling someone on the phone to do that um and i wanted it soon so i ended up i ended up booking and i i'm considering this a splurge because i haven't gotten a haircut in like two over two years but i i ended up booking the most expensive stylist at the salon who is the owner of the salon because if i'm not going to get a haircut more than every two years i might as well make it a good one <laughs> so i really hope that this is not like misplaced misplaced money uh so there we go we'll you'll get haircut updates uh yeah. in the next week or so yeah best of luck to that <laughs> yeah, if thanks. it turns out well take pictures yeah um, um if you want to follow me on twitter i am at kyla underscore go uh and you should follow me because there is a non-zero chance that in two weeks there might end up being gecko pictures on that twitter we'll see um I... Like, even if you don't get a gecko, I would love to see pictures of the Reptile Expo. Yes, I will try and take photos while I am at mm -hmm. the Reptile Expo and uh, and share some cool ones. Um, you can also follow the game that I made, Wintermore Tactics Club, at Wintermore TC on Twitter. Uh, or you can buy it on PlayStation, Xbox, and Switch. On PC. Yeah. yeah. And I'm Carl. You can find me on Twitter, at Skog3. I Still recently free. cut my hair but I won't nice. tweet about it. That's fine. <laughs> That's fair. Um, oh, I forgot. You can follow the podcast Twitter uh, at FeedbackForce, also yeah. on Twitter. That's true. Yeah. Okay, great. Well, congratulations. We have done an episode, um, and we'll be back in three weeks, probably. Yep. Congratulations to you, listeners, for finishing that episode. Thanks for sticking with us till yeah. the very end. Uh, and yes. we'll, see you, we'll see you in at least three weeks, depending on <laughs> if... <laughs> If any of us need more more cloud gardening uh, after that. Alrighty. Sounds good. We'll talk to y'all later. Uh, bye, bye bye. Bye. bye.